and he can receive to his complete satisfaction. Really allowing himself to receive exactly what he authentically needs. Submersed in joy and respect. An infinite supply. Being able to receive till he's completely satisfied, satiated. And just track what happens to Pickle as he receives that which he authentically needs. Respect and joy. And what happens to Pickle? What do you notice? Uh, well, he's uh, sort of uh, become the, the vessel that was soaked in is now like, it's now he's not like a little like trapped inside of it, but sort of becomes the outside of it mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a shape that isn't so like bumpy and gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, like sort of like plumping up and so overtakes the jar. So like now he's like a little, like uh, he's like a little jiggly puff, kind of like a little Pokemon guy. That's like kind of squishy and like, Oh, things are okay. Okay. So we're going to continue to feed. Continue even even if it, it until this complete satisfaction, as much respect and joy as can be taken in to his complete satisfaction. So it may change form. He may actually be drinking or eating now. The 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 dunk tank may get bigger. Yeah. Or, yeah. So that so that there's really we really want to fill this need completely. He's like a blimp now though. He's so big. He's That's like fine. I can't this much. Can I can I keep drinking? I can't. Yes, he can. It. He can continue. There is an infinite supply of respect and joy. And so what this keeps track what happens. Yeah, what, he's like in the sky now, he's all big, he's like a blimp. He's like, This is crazy. Look and, at the view. And so <laughs> And he, is he continuing? Does he need more? Because there's plenty. There's plenty. He can continue. There is an infinite supply. Well, I think that he's going to cut himself off because he doesn't want to become like this huge, like spaceship size. He can vehicle. become spaceship size if he wants. He can, let's just keep track of it as much as he needs. There's an infinite supply of respect and joy. We're tapping into the principles. We're tapping into a field of energy that has an infinite supply of respect and joy. There is no limit to respect and joy. And he is tapped into it. Yeah. Feet. He's like, this is this still, I can still suck off this. This is crazy. So he can like, doesn't keep, even believe that he the, can yeah. an infinite supply, infinite to his complete satisfaction. So what's happening? Just tell us what's happening now. Uh, it's, uh, he's, in the sky, kind of like a big balloon tether sort of thing where I'm like, kind of hold on. I'm like, no, dude, that's cool. I won't let you go. You're not going to fly away. Okay. It's fine. And so let me know when he's satisfied, when he has I think him. I think he's pretty good. Okay. So the question is, is, is he an ally or a helper for you? Or is this an energy that you no longer need that now has been healed that can move on? to the place of its own next evolution. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, well, can I let go of the string and you have can. him float away? That's, you can. I, I mean, oof. You can. That's like, that's like a big, that's like a big thing to say. So you want to ask him, are you my helper now or do you need to move on to the next place for yourself? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that he's been very helpful. Okay. So is there anything you want to say to him before you let him go? Ah. <sighs> Hey, dude! Don't don't mess with other people. Don't fly up 
there in space and and uh mess with anybody else it's uh well he's different now though right i'm sure yeah well it's completely different shape and Mm -hmm. and uh how's he feeling pretty good like um like that he can figure out sort of a motor and go in a direction Mm -hmm. uh so but not definitely not weighing me down anymore Mm -hmm. okay so do you want to let go of the string sure okay so let it go let's track him as he moves to the place of his own next evolution Yeah, he's got a little motor. He's like putting along in the sky, like, bye, later. Okay. And so now we want to ask for an ally or a helper to appear to replace him. Oh. That's helpful and constructive and nourishing and supportive. That can help you move through the world socially and support your own highest good in this humble perspective of knowing what reality is. So what appears? Oh, well, I certainly like cats a lot. So that's kind of like an image that works with me. What color cat? Uh, Like an orange stripy cat. Mm -hmm. And what's orange stripy cat's personality like? Oh, he's a a nice guy. He's uh, like big and fluffy and chill and just like... Mm-hmm. Nice kitty. Did he have a gender? Uh, he... I, I like boy cats you better than girl cat? cats. Okay. Girl cats are a little catty. <laughs> and so, um, and how will he help you? Um, I think uh, his big fuzziness uh, will help me by just sitting with me with my decisions as opposed to um chastising them or being disappointed in them because like i don't know cats don't get real disappointed mm-hmm. i so they're like you know he'll, he'll be like and cats can't talk mm-hmm. so <laughs> so i think they'll be, uh, be a much more um like life affirming, just being there kind just of being. thing. Cats are good at just to, being. Right. As opposed to telling me that my um, decisions suck. Right. But saying like, that was a decision. <laughs> how more the cat way to do it. How will cat protect you? Um, uh, by, I don't know, giving me something to focus on that's not within myself and mean like as uh, uh, giving me something to focus on outside of myself mm-hmm. uh rather than like internally destroying or being disappointed in in decisions or choices i've made right cats don't eat their own right. tail right right okay. well they do when they're kittens but they don't actually eat it they just chase it they chase it chase it right sure okay and can cat make a vow or a promise to you? Sure. What would that be? Uh, I'm not going to let you say bad shit about yourself because mm. you feed me and you're nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's okay. You don't have to judge. You don't have to judge yourself so harshly. Right. How does cat feel about you? Oh, cat loves me. Cat's mm. nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about cat? Oh, I love cat. Awesome. Awesome. And how can you connect with cat? How can you connect with this energy when you need it? 
um, I think it would be like an internal, like just sitting and thinking and like, not like physically petting, but sort of in my head, like being like, all right, you know, there you, you made a decision that you might not be super happy with, but you don't have to shame yourself. We can look at what Mm -hmm. happened in the moment Mm -hmm. and see like, you know, what is it? Did I really make, did I really do something dumb? Eh, Maybe it wasn't so bad or, you know what? No one was really watching. No one was paying attention. I think that's another thing that Kat can let me in on is like, perspective right perspective Mm -hmm. that not everybody's paying attention all the time i don't and of course they're not who would be paying attention to me all the time that's insane it's interesting because cats cats do pay attention cats notice all kinds of stuff mm. they notice detail stuff too so does that is that one of cat's attributes the sure noticing definitely okay so cat actually has more eyes than you do like to be able to really notice all the details and be able to share those with you yeah to give you that perspective awesome okay so i wonder if you can imagine that cat is pouring his energy into you, it might come out of his eyes or his throat or his heart or his paws or the top of his head, and that you can receive that energy of awareness and love and balanced perspective and that chill just being present and really receiving that into your body. And it might come in the form. Is, is there a color? I think, it's a, I think it's a kitty high five. Okay. Yeah. So I really want you to take that into your body um, <clears throat> and particularly into your head and all the places where, um, where the little pickle dick used to live. Right. So really see if you can like breathe that energy of the cat into your body, particularly into your head, the right side of your head, breathing it in down into your shoulders and arms, chest and belly and into your legs, all the way down to the soles of your feet and the tips of your fingers and the crown of your head, just really receiving the energy of this new internal helper, replacing this really old configuration, this old habit, this old pattern that was trying to help you navigate social situations but in a really shameful bad way and and this is now that that's been transformed and released and that and now you're taking on a much more mature healthy appropriate loving balanced way of assessing yourself in social situations so really receiving that physically and mentally emotionally spiritually energetically professionally, creatively, relationally, all, it goes into all of the different systems and the way that you relate familially, all your different systems. And that perhaps you can even hug cat into your body. Oh, hey, I love, I love cats. And cat actually just kind of like <laughs> melts into your body yeah. and see where cat would reside in your body if you kind of like really brought cat into your body. Really ingesting, infusing. I would say almost like a, like a, uh, like a jacket because I don't want to take the cat and turn him into a jacket, but like, um, you can sort of that he's like draped around my shoulders and I can like wear the, wear the cat. Okay. And people, people like cats. They do. 
So if you feel <laughs> if you feel that, like where is Cat? Like on um, like his like head is and paws are draped across one side and his little butt and tail and around the on the side. other side and he's sort of like just draped on there like a like awesome. a kitty stole. Okay, great. Like a stole. And how does it feel to have him there? He's not it's nice. He's a comforting little buddy. Okay. So now I want to bring our awareness back to this girl in the bathroom mm. in 1985. 1985? Oh, I think 88, 88, but close enough. Yeah. Okay. And she's been watching. And how does she feel about the cat? Well, I mean, she loves cats because right. cats are great. And that's <laughs> like, cool. You got a cool cat. How does she feel about you? Um, I think, I mean, she's, I mean, I hope she wouldn't be disappointed. I have a joke about wearing my cheerleading jacket that um, it just reminds me what a disappointment I am to my parents because I had so much promise. Mm. Um, <laughs> but she'd probably be like, oh, varsity cheer. Oh my God, we make it on the cheer squad? No way. Yeah. And you run a radio show and a radio right, station. Right, 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 right. She'd probably think all that stuff is pretty cool. But okay. it's because the way she was raised, she'd be like, um, so like, where is Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? And where is the money? Like, are you, I was, I mean, are you, she was very, um, well, what's it called uh, when you're materialistic? So show her your life today. Show her your life today and see what she thinks. Well, she thinks that I live pretty cool for junior higher if I wasn't an adult. Well, if you show her, if you show yeah, her your like, life. This is great. But show her your boyfriend and where you live and you're in the mission in San Francisco. Very cool. Yeah. No, she'd think it was cool, but she'd probably be like, I thought we were going to have a five bedroom house. What do you want to tell her? Like that stuff doesn't matter. You did that. Yeah. It's, it's okay. We, Does she know yeah. you did that? I don't know. We could talk you about it. You gotta tell her. Yeah. Tell her. Show her. You yeah. did that. Didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. But, and, and I think that she probably knows too that like, you know, we live in a big house, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're these incredibly happy people or right. whatever. So. So if, is she interested in coming and being with you in your life today? Uh, probably. Cause it's a pretty fun time. I mean, I definitely would be like, you're not old enough to drink, but <laughs> she, she was such a Christian at that time. She wasn't into that stuff anyway. And what are, what are her gifts and talents? What, what's the life energy she holds? Um, I think at that point, uh, she's a, she was a good little, good little ballerina. Um, was really kind of excelling at that. Um, and she likes to read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And there's some theater stuff happening. There was some some acting stuff back then. So, like you know, real creative perf- performance based stuff. And how would it be to add her life energy into your life energy today? Um, I don't know how helpful it would be because the motivations from that time were so Jesus centric that I don't know if her like insight would be well so we aren't awesome. actually on this level when we add life energy it's kind of stripped of personality construct oh, okay. it's really at its essence like the essence of her i feel a lot of enthusiasm from her yeah, and yeah, a yeah. lot of creativity from her definitely yeah um and so is she interested in being with you in your life today um I don't know. I think Can we that, ask her? Yeah, I just ask think her. that she uh, thought that I would be more famous by now <laughs> but or, so, or famous in general, but that's not like a construct. I think that's going to 
So that's a conversation to have, though. Yeah. If there's a, you know, so there's a part of yourself that still has some old ideas, yeah. right? That might need to be let go of to really come fully present into your life. Yeah, she's like, like the only. I think it's that when when you're and it famous is the wrong word, but it's a lot of people listening or experiencing your art, and so that is sort of the. You're doing that. Well, yeah. You live that. Do you see that you live that? Not on the grand scale of, you know, I'm not a YouTube star. Like, (laughs) Not on the grand scale, but do you live that? Lots of people, lots of people experience your art every week. Whether they want to or not. I guess, no, they have to tune in. They They have have to to tune in. They can't. They do. It's not like I'm, although... Comedy in bars is oftentimes thrust upon a, an, an unwitting audience. They didn't sign up for it. Yeah, but you got five shows a week, girl. There's, yeah, that's true. That's right? True. Right? Yeah. And you have a listener base. Like, yes, there is that's like. True. That's true. Right. That's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she'd probably be pretty. She'd be like, yeah, that's fine. And the numbers, I mean, she'd be like, those are big numbers. But I'd be like, you're, you're in high school. You know, come on. All right. Well, let's do it. Do so call her into the room right now. Oh. Get her out of that terrible bathroom. She yeah. doesn't need to live there. That was an awful time that happened. That's done. Terrible that happened time. a long time ago. And call yeah. her. And if she was going to be in, in the studio with us right now, where yeah. would she be? Uh, probably bouncing off the walls, sitting down. I don't know. Yeah. Talking to Jesus in the corner. <laughs> so, like, so you got sparkle Jesus. No way. <laughs> so, so this is an ongoing conversation yeah, yeah. with this part of yourself and, and the idea of, um, your own success and owning who you are today fully, um, versus these older ideas about success that were given to you. Right. And, and are you a disappointment or are you, in fulfillment right yeah that so that well and i i want to think that i that my life is good and i'm in fulfillment but every but the pickle's gone so i don't have to have that voice anymore but it's hard because it's like i think i like to believe that what i have is enough but somehow i still don't believe that what i have is enough like but it's like that can't I just be it's like come on can't you just be happy with what you have like <laughs> what do you need you need more <laughs> I gotta say I gotta say with the addition this is where it's interesting when we when we look at parts of ourselves that we get kind of cut off from which is kind of what happened with her a yeah. little bit like there's some trauma and and her ambition got really stomped on to re uh, to retrieve that ambition right that's kind of authentic to who you are that desire to make the world a better place that desire to do work like I want to do a lot of work you know it's interesting because there is I think there's healthy ambition I think that oh. we do kind of have optimal life purpose and and I would wonder like this conversation if you're having if with the retrieval of this energy into yourself if there isn't going to be a push to maybe do something a little bit different hmm. that may be even more fulfilling than what you're doing now. I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious about that. Well, we'll see what happens this year with the festival. I'm, I'm <laughs> curious. I'm curious about that. Too, cause our, cause the, I believe the desires that we have are there to move us forward to our own soul's fulfillment. Hmm. Um, and so whenever anybody says, well, shouldn't I be happy with what I have? Yes. In the moment, yes. It's, you know, happiness is about 
wanting what we have. Right. Um, but want there's nothing wrong with wanting more and to query what it is, what the real one is and, and how do I fulfill that? Sure. That's the joy bucket. Right. Um, yeah. Positive and positive ambition. And it may not be a five, you know, the, the five bedroom house and sparkly Jesus, like those are, those <laughs> are exterior I, things. Well, I already did that though. And it wasn't you did fulfilling. It. So it's fine. Yeah. Right. 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 So, um, so we'll have to check in. Right. But see what we, if the pickle is truly gone. With the pickle voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes there's habit energy and we'll like want to do it. What I encourage you to do though is to think about the cat. Right. And to practice. A lot of times the, the voice is just gone. Sure. Because what we've done, I mean, it's interesting that it's a pickle, is the thing I love about this particular process, and this is a derivative of that feedy demons that I was sure. talking about, is that a lot of times in Western psychology, Western spiritual practice, it's very masculine where we like revenge on things or kill them or kick them in the balls or cut yeah, them off, yeah. right? And and this is about looking at the deepest need and fulfilling the deepest need sure. from a place of compassion. And when we do that it actually is transformative and transformation is different than killing something or cutting it off. Right. Transformation actually changes things. It takes garbage and it makes it into compost. And once garbage becomes compost, it doesn't become garbage again. Right. 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 Yeah. Sure. It feeds. It's like a cucumber. Once a cucumber becomes a pickle, it can never become a cucumber again. Right. So that transformative process, which is really what, Jesus taught, I mean, it, all great spiritual masters teach um, that the energy of compassion, it's how Gandhi freed India from uh, yeah. England. Really, yeah. it is, right? It's how Martin Luther King turned the civil rights movement around from being in a place of strong compassion. It changes things. Sure. Um, I derailed your phone call, though, today. It's totally fine. I, you know, I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping we could do... I was hoping we could do this. No, uh, no, that was great. I mean, the the little, I mean, it's it's good to recognize like the places in my life where things went wonky and be like, look at that and recognize it and say, you know, that has created patterns in my life, which aren't, which aren't necessarily helping me. Not because none of this stuff, none of this stuff helps me. Like all the, the negative self-talk, like that doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't help, help me forward at all. No, it doesn't help us. I mean, and it's irrational. It's like, but it's so, it, it, it's such a patterned thing now where, and it, you, and I sit on the, sit there on the bus and I go kick myself. God, I'm so stupid, but it doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't need to be like that. It can, no. I don't have to have the negative. It could say, I can look at it without the judgment with the cat, like the cat and I can sit down and look at it and be like, all right. That's what happened. And how is As, that different? How are they different? Because it, it, it's just, it's, it's not, pickle like negatively jumps on every choice no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Like even if it's a positive choice, still, oh God, you said that to that person, that's terrible. Or you, like, I sent out, for one, one example, I, I got excited about the concept of the, that school thing the other day mm -hmm. and, I, and I sent out a bunch of emails to a bunch of different schools and then after pickle was like, you're an idiot. Like, why did you do that? Why would you send that out? You're just making yourself look stupid. Pam's talking about starting a program to train comedians. Right. In a, in a college based thing, like right. CCSF or what have you. Right. And, uh, 
which I think is a fabulous idea. Yeah, I think it would comedy be comedy college. Yeah, but there I mean there it just be a comedy college that would be free and at a college level as opposed to like the one that's downtown where they make you pay lots of money. Right. But to to sort of elevate the art so that people actually see it as an art as opposed to like people standing on stage with a microphone because of the hubris of their ego that thinks that they can entertain people with a microphone. Oh my god. But so that's the same voice that's like how did and the pickle would say all the time, how d- you, you think you're 44 years old now? You've been doing comedy for seven and a half years. You really, you really think that anybody's listening? You really think that this is a good thing? And I'm like sitting there going, hey, pickle. Actually, I'm not terrible about at this. Like, I, I don't suck at it. So I don't know why the pickle is constantly telling me that I suck because I, I really don't, I don't think I'm, People laugh at my jokes. They at least listen. So again, we get back, if we get back to this idea that there's two buckets that we can drink from, we can drink from the bucket of fear and negativity. We can drink from the bucket of joy and fulfillment and fear and negativity also includes anger and outrage and judgment and all that, all that negativity. And, you know, I mean, we look at it every day in the choices we make with the media that we consume with the choices in the kind of conversations that we have and it's you know we all have we all have both of those within us we all sure. have fear and judgment and criticism and anger and rage and resentment and self-righteousness and we all also have joy and fulfillment and love and compassion and selflessness and generosity right so which one and you know the negative is a little bit more edgy. It, well, it's easier too. It's easier. It's easier to be negative than it is to be positive. It is because it's de- It's it's actually about not taking risks. It's about ego gratification. It's about being invulnerable, and um, and putting other people down so we elevate ourselves. It's 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 about the attempt is to feel better instantly, whereas the bucket of generosity, compassion, fulfillment, love is about being vulnerable right it's about taking risks it's about growing outside it's about being constructive and creative and moving into the unknown sure it really is i mean this is about the the fear is about being in the known right and the joy is about being in the unknown it's right. much more adventurous <laughs> actually it takes uh, you know for me it's the hard and scary thing and i just want to say pam you know if you didn't do what you do and all the work and dedication that you have, I wouldn't be able to be here. And this is really, this is huge. This is me stepping outside my comfort zone to do this and to expand my work and to look at different ways to bring my work into the world. I'm so grateful for you. I've actually never seen you do a comedy act, which is like my shame (laughs) at this point. I have not seen it. I mean, I get to, I get to laugh with you every week, but, um, you know, you don't know how many people you impact in a positive way that's by nice. what you do that maybe has nothing to do with comedy. Well, and I have to, that's what I've been trying to remind myself lately is that when um, I sit there and go, oh, you know, you're pickles, like you're a shitty comedian and what do you think you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And, and whatever my quote unquote place in the San Francisco comedy stratosphere is, a lot of that doesn't matter at all because mutiny radio has nothing to do with comedy. Like, I mean, it does, obviously it has something to do with comedy. There's a lot of comedy here, but me as a comic and mutiny radio as an entity don't have to 
be synonymous right exactly they're not no they aren't synonymous because my experience of you and of mutiny i mean you're the manager of the station who comes and helps me and hangs out and we have great conversations and you're helping me learn how to do this thing that i have no idea how to do well you know how to do it now i know how to do it now (laughs) but but you know i mean you're a great teacher and you create this great and loving really open fun environment and and really have provided an opportunity. And so I'm just going to say... That's the cat stuff I have to focus on. Because the the comedy stuff is like... It's where the pickle is. Because you, it's, you're getting a microphone and you're screaming into the void. You're constantly screaming into the universe saying like, I exist. I exist. Like that's all stand-up comedy is. It's like standing up on stage with a microphone like screaming, I exist to the universe. I'm real. I exist. I'm here. That's like, and there's so many people that do it. And why do we feel the need to stand up in front of people that we either know or don't know and say, here's who I am. I exist. I'm unique. Why? I'm funny. Why? Because, because the ultimate reality is that we are all connected. We are all expressions of the deeper consciousness that is underlies everything of the one but we you know when we get legs and we're walking around on the earth we're disconnected right sure and so the attempt i think that's what everybody's doing on different levels is like i'm here am real like am i real tell me i'm real right like we all want to know that and we all i do it too i mean that's i think it's what we do as humans the great thing is is when we can really be present and see when other people say, yeah, I see you, uh, you're real. Sure. You real. So I'm going to tell you right now, Pam, I see you oh, I see and you you're too. real. You're no, you're real. And you're you. really helping people. And you know, the great, the greatest people in the world, those who have done the most good in the world, didn't live in five bedroom houses. <laughs> A lot yeah. of them didn't. That, yeah, that's, oh, that's not the thing that we remember about them. Right. It's the way they affected the people in the community. Well, and some of them aren't even known until... I mean, look at Emily Dickinson. She had like two published poems during her life. And then posthumously, she had over 500 poems published. And it's like, and she's one of the most, you know, well-known American poetess of our time or whatever. And she lived in an attic. Right. In Massachusetts. Yeah. And it was. I've been there. (laughs) You have? I have been there. All those people knew each other. Walt Whitman and Emily. They all, yeah, they lived. Oh, it's so beautiful where they lived out near Concord and Lexington. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm a Thoreau fan. All those guys. guys. Yep. Yep. Been to. Been to the. You went to his little cabin in the woods. I've been to the cabin in the woods. Well, the cabin doesn't exist anymore, but the pond is there. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Good stuff. Well, this was incredibly helpful for me today. I mean, seriously, I haven't thought about that, that, that terrible high school, junior high transition thing in a while. It was tough because people didn't like me. I applied, I tried to be a cheerleader and I kept applying is the wrong word, auditioning. And I didn't make it for the freshman team or the junior varsity team, but I did make it for varsity, which was so funny. So I became, I was a cheerleader my junior and senior year. So all the other, right. I know I was like, I didn't make it the freshman or sophomore year, but suddenly when I was a junior, like I did it. And then I, I did it for two years. And there was a time, this guy's name was Kenny. Oh God. He was a mean little motherfucker. He's one of the only black kids at school. So I get it. Like if I was one of four black kids, I would totally make fun of everybody also. But they published in the school newspaper when the cheerleaders were announced for the following year. So it was my sophomore year and I was in driver's ed and this guy, Kenny was behind me. He was very tall and, uh, 
he looked at it and he goes, this is a joke, right? This is a joke newspaper. This is so funny because it says that you're going to be a varsity cheerleader, which is obviously a joke. And he said it in front of like the whole class. And I was like, nope, that's real. I'm a cheerleader next year. That's a thing. And he didn't kick him in the balls? No, I didn't. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, why did I even apply? Why did I try? Why do I try to be a cheerleader? And so, and then, then it was like, once I finally became a cheerleader, people were like, you just wanted to be a cheerleader so you could be popular, but we're not going to let you be popular anyways. You know. And I was like, no, I became a cheerleader because I have a really loud voice and I'm a proficient dancer and I want to perform at the halftime games. And I like the little skirts. Like what? The outfits are cute. I, I like cheering. I've always been like a cheerleader type of person. Like, yay. And so, but I mean, it was high school. So. But, and but I guess that stuff leaves marks and scars. Totally. And like I mean, I all... remember, oh God, because I got really fat in high school. I gained 70 pounds. Wow. Yeah, my junior year of high school. When one year? What happened? Are you? What? I stopped doing drugs and smoking oh. cigarettes. Yeah. I didn't know. You I got healthy. Said, <laughs> I got healthy. And I became president of my senior class. Wow. As a matter of fact. When yeah. you were fat? When I was fat. What? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But wow. people were mean to me. When I got into college, I went to go to a party one time, and they said, oh, no, you can't come in. We don't allow fat girls. <sighs> right? So I wrote a, I wrote an article. It was a turning point because I went home, and I was like, I'm fat. I suck. And, um, and then I got mad. And I wrote an article about prejudice against fat people, and they published it in the, in the newspaper. And you know what? It's funny because I hung out with a lot of African-American. It was an African-American minority at the college I went to when I hung out with a lot. My boyfriend was black. And, um, and I kind of studied the way that they moved through some of the bigoted sure. demographics at the school. And, um, you know, like not being impervious to it. And, uh, and I really worked to take that on. And, you know, after that, if anybody said anything to me, I was on them like flypaper. Yeah. It totally changed after that. And now to this day, if anybody gives me shit, who are you talking to? You know, I'm like, what? Sure. You got yeah. something to say? Right. You got a problem? Yeah. You got a problem with that? You don't like my ass? Because my ass is really cute now. But <laughs> <laughs> want to see? 70 no. pounds. But yeah. Yeah. But it really, um, yeah, I've had a whole interesting experience being a skinny girl, fat girl, skinny girl. Yeah. There was a movie that they just recently had. It was on the Netflix and I can't remember what it was, but there was a scene in it where all the guys at this one fraternity, they had a party and they took a fat girl. And that was the whole party <gasps> was to see who could bring the cutest fat girl or whatever. And they, oh and so it was like a whole theme about it. And I just watched this movie and I was like, when are they going to say that this is bad? <laughs> like, when is there going to be some shaming about just, this behavior? Wasn't it just some movie about I'm so pretty. It was like some girl that supposedly is chubby and she thinks she's pretty. And then I, yeah, there's a new Netflix thing. It kind of creepy it's, for me. She's, it's a, it's a series or whatever. And she's, she says that she's a loser or whatever. It's something like that. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, people are trying to be more body positive, but I don't know. It's at all. It body positivity has always been. It's a social construct that we are thrown into, and we have to sort of abide by it. And it's the same sort of thing as like makeup or right. the way that you dress or. Right. No, it's a whole. It's, it's all, all about how people perceive, perceive us yeah, the from outside. the outside rather than the inside. 
So in spiritual psychology, we're all about the inside. Inside. So if you want a free session of spiritual psychology and have your life completely changed. I'm completely changed. You've completely changed me today. The the pickled dick is gone. (laughs) Sergio loves the pickled dick. Pickled dick is gone. It was the bad voice in my head that told me that the the disappointment. And And you got the loving cat. I got the loving cat. That's it. I'm going to be so interested to see what happens. So if you would like to have a free session of spiritual psychology, the requirement is that it goes and gets published online uh, we can do it anonymously but you can send me an email info at com. you can send me a text 415-672-4992 have a lovely week we'll look forward to talking to you again next tuesday at 10 a.m Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics got to hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements.
No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts?
Greetings and welcome. My name is Tiny Toons Tumbleweed, and I'm here to present Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation, Part 9. A series featuring audio field recordings made at rainbow gatherings from around the world. This episode will feature many recordings from the recent 50th anniversary annual rainbow gathering located in the Medicine Bow Route National Forest in Colorado. The year of the Jubilee. My aim is to share many recordings from that gathering, but also sprinkle in various older recordings from gatherings as well, as a way to reflect back, but also look ahead, if you will. 50 years is a crossroad of sorts, and even with rainbow gatherings being a global phenomenon, questions remain about where it goes from here. While that remains to be seen, it is my hope that any gatherer regardless if you've only attended one, no longer attend, or are a regular attendee, that we integrate the lessons and experiences had at Rainbow into a more fulfilling, enriching, caring, kind, and compassionate life. A random synchronistic aside, we gathered in Adams Park, where in Colorado is common to name a meadow system a park. Adams Creek flowed through Adams Park, a few miles west flows Douglas Creek. And at what gatherers called Back Gate, the end of the gathering, in some sense, is Forest Service Road 42, where supply and emergency vehicles parked. The parking at the end of the rainbow. Fans of sci-fi author Douglas Adams can probably resonate with the humorous connection here. If you don't know, well, let's just say that the meaning of life is, well, 42. Read the book series Hitchhiker's Guide to the Rainbow, uh, 
whoops, I mean Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe, to learn more about 42 and life, universe, and everything. With that, we'll begin with a poem. In honor of and dedicated to my radio mentor and friend, Mikkel Graham, who sadly recently crossed the Rainbow Bridge. I'm going to read a poem by labor organizer, folk singer, and storyteller, U. Utah Phillips, called What We Need. Mikkel, who wore many hats, an audio engineer, radio host, homeless advocate, and so much more, recorded this spoken word piece. I find it very rainbow-esque. Everyone needs a nice place to live in, and good food to eat that's not too expensive, and clean clothes with no holes or patches. A doctor to call, an old friend to visit, a way to get places, parties, and music, a street to walk safely, and benches to sit on with shade in the summer, and warm, friendly places to be in the winter. Some work to do that's useful to others and doesn't get boring. People to come to for all kinds of answers and somebody checking so nobody's forgotten. Money to spend that's given and taken without feeling guilty. Love without pity, pride without anger. Everyone knows what everyone needs, but programs, laws, city councils, commissions, agencies, boroughs can't give it to us. All of us need the best in each other, and if we can find it, and if we can give it, the rest will soon follow. If we all stick together, we'll get what we need. Amen. Good evening, contestants. Welcome to the show. You have each been given an infinite amount of love and a limited supply of hours, minutes, and seconds to play. The object of the game is to give away as much as you can to as many other contestants as possible before the bell rings and you go home. You will each win many prizes along the way, but winning prizes is the object of some other game. You'll have to give each prize away to win the next. And the game isn't over until everybody wins. Got it? Got Good. It. Get ready. Start when you hear the sigh of lust in the darkness <laughs> and feel a sudden tug on your belly button. Good luck. I'm not a Democrat. Not a Republican, I'm not white, I'm not black, no, I'm not Indian, I'm not American, I'm not a terrorist, I'm a human. I'm not a city boy, I'm not a country man, not suburban, working three jobs to pay the rent. I'm not a billionaire, I'm not a cyborg, I'm a human. I was born on the earth, third rock from the sun, member of the Milky Way. I need water and food, shelter and love, though I wouldn't mind some chocolate in a hot tub today. I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, 
I'm not gay, I'm not straight, I'm not bi, I'm not trans, I like to snuggle, don't like trouble, I'm a human.
How did Rainbow get started? Rainbow got started when the god of rain had sex with the mother of unicorns and they had cotton candy cloud <laughs> gummy bear children um, aliens came and they made a big scene in front of a bunch of apes and told people to come here and then they produced a rainbow after it rained and then ever since then we just kind of uh you know kept this uh whole uh alien rainbow tradition from the way dawns of time that started I think it really has to do with centaurs. Yeah, God was making centaurs. They were making centaurs in the in the in the midrash. They're they're using them as illegal unions between horses and man for war. And the milchamavos, um, all the wars that they would have, um, God decided that we shouldn't make these illegal unions of species. And the rainbow represents all the different colors. Um, and how they should be distinct and separate, that we don't mix. Um, so culture should be separate. Like yes. You, you retain every culture retains its purity. That's right. The cultural purity allows for diversification, and we don't have one just giant brown and rainbow. We have all the different colors, and the individuality, individuality and separatism uh, makes us all important. Well, someone once asked, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And all we're trying to figure out is where those rainbows are coming from. Well. It all started back in the sea shanty days when uh, you would have to sing a sea shanty just to go to church. And when people were all singing sea shanties in church, they were like, oh man, people are really amped up right now. They're not distracted by how depressing our religion is because we're just hi hoing all the live long day. And then they said, you know what? We can uh, go outside and sing our sea shanty in the woods and we feel closer to God or Bob or Glob or whatever the heck you want to call it and we're just out here now singing our shanties. You can hear one right now if you listen real hard. And then somebody said, hey, you know what would be cool if we call this thing Rainbow Gathering? That'd be tight. That's how it started. Um, the stars fell down onto the earth and plants bloomed with the star's magic into rainbow flowers. I think there were some cops that wanted to control society, so they made a story about why a rainbow relates to Rainbow's Ark, and then some people wanted to change it to uh, something to do with gays. Uh, cultural appropriation of Tiny Camp. Rainbow got started once the Jackson 5 were really up and going. They uh, had a couple performances. Um, outside and there were rainbows and people were like well this is the greatest thing ever you know let's have a gathering and bring tito and michael and the whole family out you know every year uh to play some music for us and celebrate rainbow got started oh it oh it all started with the unicorns and the horses so the, the horses and the unicorns they both had sex and then they created like this like big rainbow thing and then other people were like, ooh, I want to join the unicorns and the, and the horses and stuff, yeah.
it, it was a, it was a good start. Um. Okay. So a long, 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 long time ago, there was a fairy prince and an ogre, and they weren't getting along very well. But they decided to have all their friends get together, and then that's how they got to get along together really well. And so that's how Rainbow started. It was a pro-life advocacy group that used to go camping twice a year, then it kind of snowballed from there. Dr. Brad Microvibe Banlin proposed, organized, and emceed the first convention in 1972. Uh, a bunch of people were sitting around a lake, and they were like, this seems like a good spot to uh, start a big wrestling match. And uh, they proceeded to uh, organize the large wrestling match. Well, everybody pretty much knows that that started out with a small group of uh, theatrical performers in a high school, and they gathered in a field and put on a uh, a performance uh, celebrating the springtime, and uh, and a rainbow happened, and that's how they started Rainbow. I mean, that's the actual. Everybody will tell you something else, but it, that's the actual story. In 1971, a couple hippies were on the highway. They saw a brand new plastic child changing table in a bathroom. They had sex on it. It broke. They got angry. They went to the woods. It was born in the imagination of a, a group of tiny campers who had been gathering in different locations around the world and they decided that the world even though it is big they wanted to create a small collective of individuals that could come together uh, to to really illustrate that it's a small flat world uh, a long time ago there were people who saw a rainbow in the sky and they were like wow, I really want to be a part of that. And so they made the rainbow, obviously. Wash away. 
much fun. Now you run. 7-1-6-9-3-9-9-3-7-51. Halfway done. Oh, five in now, don't be late. Two and nine. Where's the wine? Seven four. It's on the floor. Then nine four four five nine. Three oh, we gotta go. Seven eight. We can't wait. One six four six two eight. We're almost there. Just keep on going. Sixty two. We're getting through. Oh wait, nine out of time. Eight six two eight. Up before there's only a few more. Eight two. Then five three. Forty two eleven. Seven no and sixty seven. We're done. Was that fun? Learning random digits so that you can write to your friends. Be well. Express your existence in the most brilliant way you've come to realize. And use all your pain for something beautiful and your insanity for something wise. Don't despise all the foolish ones, for they know not what they do. The only one that you can do anything about is you. So be well. Do what's right. Don't make compromises that turn out deadly. And open your eyes. You're only here in this moment. It's the only place you'll ever be. It's the only chance in all existence for you to be what you're gonna be. To be well, and don't look back, because you're going somewhere that never existed before. And the you that you thought you were is not coming back. So relax and be well.
mild white light. On the white. Tiny Camp's making banana bread tomorrow. Really? Tiny Camp, yeah. That's on the schedule? Yeah, Tiny Camp.
with you by the fire the city skyline vibrant because we're up on highland it felt like hell yeah is right after hellos here i am yeah there we go and we bliss out time in the hourglass it slips down but i ain't tripping now because i'm with you now candles lit sipping cups of cacao look at us now finished love comes around so that's just that piece, but I want to speak to all of y'all. It's been six years since I've been here. Stand on stage, what a blessing it is to be here. Power of us, this is 50. Wait till it's 100. Power is us, the power in numbers. You can't defeat us, because my heart is stardust. Come on, baby. Still just love, you cannot defeat I. I has always been, forever will be. We can stand whatever weather and winds come our way. Celebrate always, family. And we celebrate. Changing times, many blinds, but we see. Future's ours. Write it with the words I speak. Written in the stars, our hearts, our mount. Climb over any mountains. Best times are coming. I'm running towards the gates of freedom. I love y'all. I stand here, ready. Our genius, our bliss, our love, let it unflow. Nothing you could do in the world outside to stop the love that's coming for y'all. So here it is. Celebrate the 50th. Say thank you. May our lights be stronger than ever. May we be daring greater than ever. May we celebrate each other. Our light shining right now is pretty significant. So let's be huge and brilliant and fuck it. Let's just rip it. Sky's the limit. Nothing can touch this. I love you so much. Thank you all for coming. Shine your light. Happy 50th, y'all. Uh, 
I'm real excited. I've got like three public service announcements. I hope I can remember what they are. Uh, first one, the shitters. Okay. Does, uh, does everyone know where the shitters are? Yeah. Okay, well, some people may, some people not. But uh, where we are now, I'm a little disoriented, but uh, which, someone points to Space Camp over here. There, there's the Lovin' Ovens, right? Space Camp's right over there. Space Camp's right over there? Okay, yeah. cool. So you just go down the trail towards Main Meadow, and on your left there's a path, and then you go to the shitter. We actually could use some signs that will uh, say the following. What you do is you, you, uh, you know, actually it's, some people say you should wash your hands before you go to the shitter because you're going to touch the toilet paper and whatnot. But you basically uh, squat, shit, you cover it with the, the lime. We actually have lime up there. What that does, that actually breaks it down. I could explain the science if you want to later, but uh, we need to put the lime in there so it breaks down because it's not in the top six inches of the uh, organic layer. Then you uh, sprinkle the uh, over your shit and the toilet paper, and if some family didn't hear about that and they just like shat in there, you sprinkle lime over theirs too. Or you know, there's a limited amount of lime, and so then you uh, uh, then you wash your hands, and then if there's a lime, toilet paper, or a hand wash missing, you go like wherever you need to go, like this kitchen or that kitchen, to get what you need to have the. Uh, to restock the shitter. This only works because we're all volunteering to do this, and we all need help to do this. So please help, and uh, help us do this. So that's the shitters. Uh, make sure you do shit in the shitters, uh, because otherwise it's not very sanitary. We want to break the shit fly food connection. That's why we cover it with lime, to not only help break it down, but to keep the flies off of it. And if you see flies on there, give it an extra dose of lime. And maybe help just just refill the lime anyway. We got bags of it uh, at Main Supply. Knock knock. Yeah. Three, 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 two, three in the forest, not two. Can you do two hands? Otherwise, I can have him uh, grab it. I, I just don't want to start. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll I'm have sorry, him drop it. No, no, I'll have him catch it and then he'll pass it over to you. Oh boy. a rainbow can have a dark. Yeah. Well, that's our responsibility, all brothers and all the sisters. Our sisters aren't going to feel like they can let their true beauty shine unless we make them feel safe. That's our responsibility. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, our next performer appears to be a symmetrical biped. I don't know if the stars are out or not. They're probably not, but... Uh, Oh, they are! Hey. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great nighttime fire magic rainbow song. That's actually really. Cool. <laughs> 
born and raised in a town called Tacoma in Washington, which is a pretty bustling city. Um, and I've always kind of been a nature kid at heart. And I was blessed to actually live right next to this little piece of nature in the city um, that was this thing called China Lake. I referred to it as the Lakelet. And this little lakelet, little chunk of nature was untouched, but it was within a city block. And on two sides of it were two four-lane roads going either direction, and on the back of it was a highway. So when you're in the midst of this beautiful little forest, you can hear all the chaos and bustle <coughs> of the city. And so this poem came to me while I was there, and it's called The Birds Versus Highway 16. I was sitting at my lakeside spot in the middle of the middle of the city's forest rot. As I sat on this rock, the birds my breath caught. Mystified was I by the truth the birds taught. Surrounded was I by ivy, the silent crawly creeping root of change. Surrendered to the sound behind me, the highway muttering a sound quite strange. Machines and hundreds fussing by, struggling to stay in place. The hustle of the city then was all my ears could take. I tried to focus on the bird's song for my heart's sake. From one note came two, through to what the bakers do, onto many dozens more until a roar was out the door. The bird's voice was stronger and has lasted years longer than 16's hustled blunder that resembles force like thunder. This echoes on for eons, producing tons of reruns, but the cadence in the songs exhibits who is right and who is wrong. This battle clearly brings a resolution, assisting nature to arrive at conclusion. The birds and the cars both leave weaving little scars, but the birds sound like truth, evolution. Somebody take it away. What more could I do? And what more could I say? But go down on my knees and pray. I say, my sister, Allah lift me and my mama gone away. And everything I have, somebody take it away. What more could I do? And what more could I say? But go down on my knees and pray. I put my trust in the Almighty. Wah, 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 wah. I load the road, Rocky on the way. Very la, 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 la. I have to chant so many. Sa, 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 sa. Now watch your man. Just as some may get me inspiration, so, 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 so. no one in this world can I mind him But the one in Zion, now watch a man, now come along. Say my brother Allah left me and my mama gone away. And everything I have, somebody take it away. What more could I do? What more could I say? I'll go down on my knees and pray. I woke up this morning. 
Some say tiny camp isn't a big deal, but I'm not so sure. What do you think? Thank you again for tuning in to the A-side of Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation, Part 9. My name is Puffy Clouds Dattaway. I hope you've enjoyed the journey thus far. For a playlist of this episode, as well as to listen to many more episodes in the Muddy Boots archive, visit muddybootsradio.org. Also, if you feel so moved, subscribe to Muddy Boots wherever you get your podcasts. All right, be sure to check out the B-side. See you over yonder.
joke. Actually, I I, uh, I don't have a boyfriend. We had a breakup. Uh, he had this weird fetish, and I don't want to kink shame or anything. He had this weird thing for um, fucking other people. <laughs> it didn't really work out. <laughs> Should be more open-minded. Since then, I started to develop a crush on one of my coworkers. Has that ever happened to one of you? Uh, I know. Things were getting really hot and heavy with me and this guy I work with, and I had to say, okay, wrong. This is bad. I put him aside. I'm like, we work for the same company. We're going to have to keep things professional. The next time I blow you, you're going to have to pay me for it. Because yeah. <laughs> we have a business to run. And there's a career out there for me. <laughs> I think that we should legalize prostitution here in America. I think it's a real feminist move. You know? I'll tell you why. I was walking down the street, and some nice gentleman offered me $116 to blow him. And I was thinking, $116? Like, that's specific. <laughs> That's oddly specific. <laughs> like, that must have been all the money he had. <laughs> and that is not how bargaining works. <laughs> you don't start with the most money you have. <laughs> you start somewhere in the middle, and I try to work this price up, and he tries to work my way. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. I am not that kind of girl. So I robbed him. <laughs>
he told me he was training to become a cop, I just can't date somebody like that. My parents never raised me to be a cop lover. I can't bring a snitch home to Thanksgiving. You know, that's awkward. And he, I like NWA just as much as the next white lady on the stage at Defog. But I'm tired of people telling me to fuck the police. <laughs> because that's how you make more police. <laughs> Nerdy guys, and it's hard because I'm an extrovert with tits, and that's like nerd kryptonite. <laughs> I can't get them to look at me or talk. And then when they do talk to me, it's online, and they say really nice things. <laughs> hey, you spelled misogyny wrong, <laughs> you dumb bitch. Like, oh, I'll be so my mom. <laughs> Keep talking to me. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. Midwest. Okay, cool. Actually, I'm from Ohio. If you look at a map, there's nothing west about it. But nobody believes me when I tell them that I'm Middle Eastern. I, I grew up with lesbian parents in Ohio. Anyone else? I'm just trying to be relatable. Yeah. She's trying to relate. I love it. When I was growing up, people would ask so many questions, like, like, I don't think that's how it works, Mrs. Brigsby, and I'm eight years old, so can I sit down now? And then I moved to San Francisco, it's a different concern, people are like, oh, the Midwest, that's weird, was it rough? And I'm like, yeah, it was weird, we didn't have an ocean, we just had a lake you could set on fire. <laughs> And as for 20, turning queer, I don't know, how many licks does it take? How many licks does it take before your college experience turns gay? Does anyone know? It's okay. I'm really comfortable in my sexuality. Because every girl I've ever gone down on has been straight. So I'm pretty sure that's how you can tell. I struggle a little bit with body image, like a lot of people do. Like, I constantly get mistaken for <laughs> but it's 2022 and we're into body positivity or some shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like dieting or exercise. I'm just going to use it to my advantage. Like when they call for pregnant, nursing women, and children first, I'm there. <laughs> I like to just stand on the, on the trail and just be like, oh, my bags are so heavy. <laughs> I was looking at a, a, a video of myself on stage. I didn't want to look at it. If I didn't want to look at it, I didn't want to see it. If I didn't want to see it, why do I do this? Why do I even get on stage? Why do I even try to look for a window? Hey, relax. You know, you going on and on about how bad you look is just as vain as if you're going on and on about how good you look. I'm like, damn. Now I'm ugly and big? <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember, ladies, it doesn't matter what you think you look like. It doesn't matter, right? You can think that you're too fat or too thin or too tall or have a speech impediment or some bug teeth, egg leg. Ladies, even if you have a dick, 
You will still be drunk on the street. Doesn't that make you feel pretty? <laughs> Thanks, everybody.
sang her lullaby. It was enough to make me cry. She played a one-minute song, stayed with me all night long. He played his baritone, I stopped feeling so alone. His manic serenade into my bones it fades. Played a tune in open D. It was enough to mesmerize me. Spat a holy channeled rhyme, weaving his heart into mine. He sat right next to me to exchange our energy. She braided up my hair, said, Church is here if anywhere. Right. Oh, worship has begun. This is my congregation. <coughs> The Ching said to me, reunite your family. Picked up the phone right there, mother, I truly care. We hung up so we could cry, another icicle just died. So I sing this song to you, a bright white light that came from blue. Open up your life, come gather around this open mind. Should 